Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Life of St. Philip Neri by Antonio Galonio, section 13, chapter 158. Philip sees the secret thoughts of a man by the help of God. Philip's age, 77. Towards the end of 1591, someone called Matteo Guerra came to Rome, a man who was greatly devoted to God, and he was received as a guest in our house. He went to confession to Philip, for he had heard of his great reputation for sanctity. But this is what happened. One evening, there were some leading noblemen visiting the Holy Father. And he, being familiar with them, which was chatting to them in his usual light-hearted and affable manner, joining in occasionally in their gentle laughter. Our guest found this in some way offensive and said to himself, if this man were really as holy as they say, he would rather conduct himself in a very different manner. And what others call politeness, he would call sin. When it was light, he went to see the holy man and embarked on confessing his sins. But of what he had been thinking the night before, he said nothing. Philip looked at him and warned him not to omit to mention any sin while making his confession, however trivial it might appear. After this, he went on. It was you who found me an occasion of offense last night. And he told him everything in detail. Guerra was astonished when he heard this and completed his confession by uncovering his thoughts and begging forgiveness for them. Here I must add another remarkable thing about the father. Finding no better place to insert it. Almost always, when the Roman sea was bereft of its pastor, Philip could be heard sometimes in his sleep, sometimes awake, saying out loud the name of him who was about to be chosen supreme pontiff, which he used to reveal to a few people. Now, after the two months pontificate of Innocent IX, we come to Clement VIII, now gloriously reigning, who succeeded him on the 30th of January in the year of our salvation, 1592. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, apostle of Rome, flower of purity, vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. What's the first thing that Our Lady said to the angel Gabriel when the angel Gabriel came to announce to her that she would conceive in her womb and bear the Savior? Mary's concern was 
about her virginity. Her response was, how can this be for I know not man? How can this be for I know not man? She's, she was legally married. Normally a woman who was just married, legally married, able to have marital relations would not be surprised if she was newly wed and told she would have a son. And so St. Augustine and many others have pondered this text and have seen in this evidence of a lady's insistence that she would remain a virgin, that she would not know man. That's the biblical way of talking about marital intimacy. Adam knew his wife and they brought forth a son. And so she says, I do not know man. How can I this be? So Our Lady has an incredible attraction to purity, virginity. Mother Teresa has a famous line in which she says, Mary was so enamored with virginity that she was even willing to give up being the mother of God. She knew that she had to hold on to this, whatever the angel was telling her, and she didn't want to give up her virginity just to be a mother. And then what did the angel say? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. This will not be in the normal manner. And then she said, let it be done to me according to thy word. We know that Our Lady, the purity, her virginity, was a sign of an of a even more important purity and virginity. That is of her soul, of her sinlessness. She was full of grace. And Our Lady never committed a sin in her whole life. She was very pure. And so tonight in the reading when St. Philip tells Guerra, confess all your sins. Don't intentionally hold anything back. Not because you absolutely have to confess venial sins, but because it's very, very beneficial to the soul. It's very beneficial to humble oneself and to admit whatever it is you know you've done wrong however small, one gains great lights to know oneself, to know one's faults. One great, great, gains great strength in struggling against those. In other words, St. Philip did not want people just to kind of pass over certain sins. Oh, that's not really that important. No, if you know it's wrong, bring it to the Lord. Bring it to confession. If we want to be pure. And the reading tonight mentions the year of our salvation, 1592. In other words, our time, our chronology, our list of years is based on the feast of Christmas, which we're about to celebrate. 1592 years since the birth of our Savior, Anno Domini, AD, in the year of our Lord. And if we want to prepare for Christmas in this final day, the primary disposition we need, the most basic disposition, interior attitude, preparation of the heart, is to have purity, to love purity. Sexual purity, yes, of course, but also purity from sin. That's what we want to ask for tonight and tomorrow morning, and tomorrow. Lord, give me a greater love for purity. 
Because when the Lord sees us pure, when he sees us intent on being pure, he's attracted to it. He gives himself to us. How do we know that? Because that's what he did with Our Lady. When he saw the, the depth of her attraction for purity, she conceived him in her heart. And that's what we're preparing for at Christmas. Liturgical celebration of the birth of Christ, which makes present, truly makes present to us his original birth in Bethlehem. Through the Mass, through this feast of Christmas, through the divine offices, the church is putting us in living contact with his birth. Why? So that we can receive the same grace that Joseph and Mary received when they held him in their arms for that first time. Why? So that he can be reborn, renewed in our hearts. So that we can fall more and more in love with him. And he will renew his presence in our heart by a new birth of love. If we want it. And if we have an attraction to purity. The more pure we are, the more he will fill us with his grace. To those who have much, even more will be given. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.